0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Welcome to Fantasy Dating Radio. I'm your host, Suzanne Casamento, the creator of FantasyDatingGame.com and the author of Dare to Date, and I am here with my awesome co-host, Ryan Truax. Boo. <laughs> Halloween's over, dude.
0: <laughs> that was my post-Halloween boo.
1: Oh, I liked it. I liked it a lot, as long as it wasn't a boo. No, I wasn't booing you. No.
0: I was, yeah. Thank you. That was uh, that was. Uh, uh, Apparently a more popular thing than I actually would have ever expected, but uh, a number of times through the course of the night while I was working behind the bar on Halloween, uh, people decided to write clever little messages like, boo, on their receipts.
1: Oh. It happened
0: like four or five times. That's funny. I thought it was weird. It is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. At least they didn't write boo in the tip line.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that would have sucked. That would have sucked. Yeah, that would have sucked. So how was it? Were a lot of people out and about?
0: Not at my bar, but no. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people were. Yeah, but I mean, we, like we don't really do anything for Halloween. hmm It's just another night for us.
1: Just another night.
0: Yeah. In just L.A. A same old program.
1: Oh, same old program.
0: Yeah. Um. So I didn't. Yeah. Not really a lot of uh, Halloweeners out there for <laughs> you know from my perspective, but I'm sure there were plenty of Halloweeners out in you know. I'm sure. Other places? Did you All did you end LA. up staying home and just handing out candy, or what did you do?
1: I uh, I actually laid low. I I, I handed out candy and uh, and yeah, and I wrote. I've been writing a lot. So, you know, Well, that's good. That's what's going on. Yeah. yeah that's okay. important. New book in the works, but that's another thing. Right on. Uh, so, uh, so in a little bit, we're going to have an awesome guest, Richard Yates, and we're going to be talking about dating red flags, mm. but our love lines are open, so if you'd like to call us, please dial 323-870-3965 to talk to us or ask Richard a question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking or to
0: share your thoughts on uh red flags.
1: Red flags. While dating. Seriously. Yeah. Dude, I have so many thoughts on dating red flags.
0: Yeah. You're gonna hold them until Richard gets on the phone or you... No, I
1: think we should discuss I mean, shouldn't we start? All right, yeah, launch what right, right into it. Go for it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well it's interesting. So uh it's interesting because you know, there's little red flags and then there's huge red flags. Size matters size matters when it comes to red flags flags. yes it absolutely does yeah um that's tweetable so um but uh it does because you know there's the little things like this guy's not asking me any questions this guy is talking at me not to me you Mm -hmm. know things like that that are you know definite red flags or or you're on a date with someone and they're rude to the servers oh that's the worst it's the worst Yeah, you're rude to a server. Forget it. I'm out of there. Out. Absolutely out of there. Agreed. My biggest worst pet pet peeve, which actually hasn't happened to me on a date. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. We'll knock on wood. Um, is I I mean the like the worst possible thing you can do is be racist. If you make a racist comment, I am out of there. Well, yeah, you would think that that
0: would be pretty. uh,
1: No, but I mean even something slightly racist. (laughs) I know, I know, but it's like.
0: Slightly like a little bit racist? What's uh, it there.
1: I don't like, like we
0: have qualifying degrees of racism? I
1: and mean, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. No, it's all racism. But all um, right. that's like the worst, most horrible like that I mean, I am going to bitch slap you and leave. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah.
0: You actually have uh, higher standards than the American political system currently. Apparently. So there's that.
1: There is that. You got
0: that going for you. I
1: know. Well, and it's Which of course good. at the pro- forefront of my mind because yeah. of what's going on. Politically. Right. Obviously. Yes. Yes. What about you? Have you experienced red flags? Um. I mean,
0: I try to advise friends of mine, as I am, you know, happily married, uh, to look out for certain red flags that I think are probably important. Um. Like, I had a string of female friends for a while that were dating guys that, like, lived at their mom's house or didn't have their own vehicle or crashing on a friend's couch.
1: Forever. Yeah,
0: those sorts of things to me. Like, okay, I get it. If you just moved to L.A., like, yeah, get a few weeks to get yourself situated or whatever, totally fine. You're crashing on your buddy's couch in the basement or whatever. Yeah. But, like, if you've been here for... Six months, eight months, a year, and you're like, yeah, I'm just living in my buddy's basement. That's weird. Like, that's a red, uh, that's a huge red flag.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel
0: like, or, it's a red flag. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd love to take you out to dinner. Can you come pick me up? Big red flag.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because
0: people should have their own modes of transportation. Agreed.
1: Well, especially in this city. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, no, if you're living yeah, in New here. York, no. You know, no. Yeah, that makes total sense. But like, even
0: you can get away with not having a car in Chicago if you really want to. Sure. Do it.
1: Boston, lots of cities. Yeah. L.A., no. <clears throat> no. Now I know. Mm-mm. It's true. It's yeah. getting better. Mm-hmm. You can
0: get around with a bike and, you know, the train mm-hmm. now a little bit more than you could before. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to come pick you up for a date on the train.
1: N- no. Maybe I am. Well, I not
0: know. on my bike.
1: No.
0: I'm not going to suggest a like, dual <laughs> bike ride.
1: Get on the handlebars. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. I have hey. pegs.
0: I got pegs on the back of my ride. <laughs> oh, gosh. You remember pegs, like when people used to yes. stand on the back of it the, and you'd hold onto your shoulders? I do, I
1: do. I remember yeah. them. Oh, my God, that's ridiculous.
0: I got sweet pegs on the
1: back of my ride. Um, <laughs> come get you later. Wait, I have a question about the bar. Yeah. Are there things that you see in action when you're working and, like, you see someone on a date at the bar where you're like, oh, no, dude, leave right away? Well, or... it's,
0: it's been, you know, uh the whole advent of online dating and pretty specifically like dating apps from people's phones has really changed the landscape of things that happen in bars. Absolutely. Certainly things that happen in my bar. Yep. Um, It's pretty easy to spot people who are meeting for the first time uh, from a dating app type encounter. Uh, A lot of times it, It's because they'll kind of look and then look again, and then they're sort of, like, trying to parse in their head if that person looks like the person that they saw on the thing, Mm -hmm. Um, which sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. I would say that's definitely a huge red flag. Like, if somebody says, oh, yeah, this is me, and then you show up and they're, you know, six inches shorter and 45 pounds heavier than what their profile picture is, like, that's an immediate... Yeah. Like, don't even sit down for the drinks. Be like... Yeah. Sorry, dude, but, you know, if you represent yourself to be one thing and then in fact you are a different thing. I'm not making a judgment about the thing that you are. I'm making a judgment about I agree. your dishonesty.
1: Yes. Right. I agree. I agree.
0: So you can't start No. that way.
1: You can't start off on a lie. Yeah. That's insane.
0: Um, and then I think the other, like really the only other two huge ones that I, I see on a semi-regular basis, I guess, one of them is one person getting way more intoxicated than the other person. Ooh. so, like if they're downing drinks on a two to one ratio to yeah. the other person um that never ends well no and should be a red flag i mean you would you would like to think that you're uh you know if you're out for a you're meeting somebody for the first time or maybe it's a you know first or second date or whatever that they're at least going to maintain the same level of intake
1: yes yes and, well, and also for safety reasons, yeah, you know i mean i mean especially for a girl. But for safety reasons, you should not get hammered on on a first date with a stranger. <laughs> right? Yeah, of I course. Mean, oh my God, things are exciting enough. You need to be level-headed.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, that said too, like I'm not saying necessarily like a person should be, you know, going one for one with the person that they're with. I mean, no. You know, my my wife is six inches shorter and 150 pounds lighter than I am. Like, I, if I have three beers and she has one. Right. Like the level is probably going to stay relatively the same.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Um but yeah, no, I do see like and it's women more than men frequently actually that get way drunker uh in those situations. At least in my observation. And I don't know if that's an insecurity thing oh, or like if it's nerve because of a nerves thing or he's drinking so she's trying to keep up or I don't you know, I don't know what the combination of all of that stuff is, but I see yeah. it more frequently. Uh, with women than I do with guys, so there's that one um and then the other one that i it, that is always a huge, just like big red siren type thing to me is when I can see and understand that they have met they're meeting for the first time
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then you know a couple of drinks into the evening or whatever, everybody's loosened up a little bit. And then they launch into like one of them will launch into conversation about their ex or their previous relationship, like huge, 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 huge red flag (laughs) to me, Yeah. uh, especially in like a first or second date scenario or a Uh first meeting somebody scenario. Look like, you know, I, I think it's reasonable at some point to want to know at least some small facts about whoever your person's, ex is or what led to them breaking up sure. or whatever down it is because right but much further down the line in the relationship absolutely. certainly not like you know date one over a couple of mojitos
1: oh yeah absolutely Bad not. Plan. it's also a huge sign that whoever's whoever's going on and on and on about their ex yeah it's not over their ex if you're talking about your ex on your first date you are not ready to date okay i think that's fair yeah thank you i think
0: it's fair too i think it's a good t-shirt also so yeah. you should get that made, maybe we'll get that made, yeah. fantasy dating, yeah,
1: get in the game, <laughs> exactly right, <laughs> yeah, so
0: but yeah, I mean, I think those are probably the biggest ones uh that I see at least you know in my fine career as a professional bartender, yes, um
1: yeah, yeah, well, I mean I, I no one i'm I'm sure no one sees more dates than than uh you know than a bartender, yeah, I mean, like I said, I
0: think it's it's so much different now though, too, because before where people would like sit down and hang out, have a cocktail, maybe, like, have a bite to eat, yeah. talk for an hour, get to know one another. Like, I do think that the sort of advent of the, like, swipey mobile applications
1: definitely has
0: totally, it's more like speed dating. Yeah. Like, you'll see people show up and they're like, hey, do you, hey do you, yeah, okay, great. And they'll sit down and they'll yeah. talk for 15 minutes and maybe they'll have a beer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then either it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to have another beer. It's like, all right, well, deuces, catch you later. Yes. Because I just got another three swipe hits from three more dudes that are hanging around Santa Monica waiting to pick up a sexy lady.
1: Totally. You know what totally. I mean?
0: So it's a, I yeah. think that it's a little bit different in that regard now, too. You really have a very short window to make a, a good impression uh, if you're trying to get somebody to stick around for a little while. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it, ha- it happens fast. Because, and we also, you know, we also, I mean, we do suggest that. Uh, You know, the pre date over the fancy first date because, you know, you don't want to invest a ton of your time and a ton of your money at a fancy restaurant or whatever if you don't know if this person is actually going to be compatible in the first place. I I like the coffee date. Just go have a drink or, you know, a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a drink, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, it's either on or it's off. You can always add a meal. I think that's great. Yep. True story. True story. I think our guest Richard is on the line. All right. All right. Let's see. Hi, Richard. Is that you?
2: It is me. How are you doing, Suzanne?
1: Oh, good. Um, Richard, this is my co host, Ryan. I'm not sure that you have, uh, I think the last time you were on the show, uh, Rob was co hosting with me. Right. Ryan it, is here. That's and... right,
2: yeah. Great. Yes. Nice to meet Ryan you, Ryan. Is
1: awesome.
0: I'm the new guy. I'm the new voice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> me too.
1: <laughs> He's the awesome new guy. So, uh, audience, this is Richard Yates. He is a licensed counselor, a national certified counselor, a board certified fellow in clinical hypnotherapy, a certified motivational interviewer, and I don't think we need to go on. Certified
0: motivational interviewer, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think he's highly (laughs) um, accredited. Yeah. (laughs) But what Uh, he's most famous for is um, is, is, uh, providing dating tips on Facebook. So will you uh, take a minute and tell everybody about how that started?
2: You know, I think it was uh, around 2009, I got on Facebook, and I really didn't know what to do, and it seemed like uh, all of my posts were just uh, insignificant things, and so anyway, I just decided to try and do something meaningful, and I thought, hey, what do I know about, and uh, I had you know been dating for well I've been divorced for about 26 years I guess and I just decided hey I'm going to put my experience my failures and my education and the few things I've learned uh, together and uh, and post them on Facebook and so I started doing that and uh, over time you know it just kind of picked up and snowballed.
1: Awesome well now you have like over 5,000 followers or something don't you?
2: Uh, well, I've got uh, five thousand friends, and uh, and that's that's the max that they let you have on a personal page. I don't even uh, I don't really uh, deal with the other page right now. Uh, that's something that I, I've been told that I should deal with a little later. <laughs> but anyway, it just doesn't seem as personal, and so uh, so this is my actual, uh, but it's public, and so you know people don't even have to follow me if they. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the uh, tips are easier to access if they do follow me. So they're welcome to do that.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think, I think one of the coolest things about your tips is that they're always really very straightforward. Like I just opened up the page and looked and you know, one of the first ones is, you know, dating tips. It's wise to apologize. (laughs) Behavioral economists now know this is a scientific fact. It's in your interest to leave everyone feeling better than when you have found them. So they're always like simple, simple, um, tips. And then it ends up, all the craziness happens in the comments because all of your followers then end up, you know, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: having, having plenty of I have some pay.
2: really, I have some really interesting and, and bright followers. I mean, there's a, you know, you'll find everything from Cambridge psychologists to, um, you know, uh, people who, you know, work on assembly lines and it really doesn't matter. So, uh, and there, and a lot of them are, are very intelligent people and they certainly keep me, uh, in a position where I can stay abreast of what's going on uh, in the dating world. But, uh, you know, there's some, there's some interesting comments and, <laughs> and they really popped up on the red flags thing. You know, I thought they were really good uh, with that particular uh, thing. I, I don't know how many comments finally wound up, but it was, uh, you know, well over a hundred pretty good ones.
1: Yes, absolutely. So so you posted last week saying you were going to come on the show and you wanted to hear from your followers about, Red flags, dating red flags, and um and we got and you got everything from small or what seems like small things, you know, uh, such as oh the you know the person didn't ask me any questions they only talked about themselves to you know real serious <laughs> right. things, um, controlling yeah. behaviors and things that could lead to abuse. So I just thought that was amazing. Right. So
2: sure. So. Yeah.
1: So, um, let's talk a little bit about red flags.
2: <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> well, you know, in the initial phases, uh someone should be kind of shopping. A lot of people have their mind made up that they want to be in a relationship, and so they go in it uh selling themselves on people and so they're they're a little more vulnerable than than others who will lay back and, you know, kind of look at the situation, but desperation can bring on a lot of problems in the dating uh world but uh but in the very beginning, uh, when someone is just in the shopping phase, hopefully, uh there are some signs that you can pick up on that uh, could serve as red flags that would indicate that you know it may not be that somebody is criminal or dangerous in any uh, physical way, but they may not make a good relationship partner. One of those things would be, you know, if you're out on a date with someone and they're flirting with other people, and you know, they're, uh, I mean, this is very obvious, but uh, and then, or they spend an enormous amount of time with other people while, you know, they're on the date with you. Uh, I remember one time I dated a, <clears throat> a journalist from Atlanta, and we went to a restaurant on Peachtree where a lot of the journalists uh, in Atlanta went at that particular time, and. I never got to carry on a discussion with her because, uh, you know, she was wrapped up with various producers from different uh, TV stations and, uh, and they talked the entire time. And so basically I just got to say goodbye to her (laughs) after buying her dinner. So it was, uh, you know, that was not a good date and uh, probably not a good dating prospect, probably not somebody who would, and uh, well, as a matter of fact, I looked and that person still is not married. And so maybe, uh, uh, maybe they were married to their, Journalism career. Um, another thing would be, you know, looking for looking for someone. Uh, I mean, signs of unreliability, like for example, they're excessively late, they forget mm. the dates, they cancel at the last minute, or just simply don't show. Uh, you know, those are signs of uh, of passive disrespect that you really want to avoid. So, you know, and I, it, now in the single world a lot of people are late. I started being late just so I wouldn't be frustrated with people who were late many years ago, because, I mean, it's nothing to be uh, 30 minutes behind or have somebody, you know, who gives you a call says, Hey, you know, um, I'm still doing my hair. Uh, Give me 15 more minutes. And then they call back in 30 minutes and they say, Hey, I need 15 more minutes. (laughs) And so, and then when you get to their place, you know, they're still running behind. So those kinds of things happen and it pays to be patient because a lot of times they make partners in the long run and they can actually, uh, you know, you know, sometimes those behaviors are not really characteristic of them, but, uh, but, you know, the, sometimes they're just downright disrespectful and, you know, you want to make a note of that.
1: Um, I absolutely I think, agree with okay. you. I mean, I mean, and and honestly, one of my biggest pet peeves, which I didn't mention earlier, is um, people who are late. I mean, I think it's so incredibly Mm. disrespectful because it's basically it's telling me that you don't care about my time. (laughs) Right. Well, well,
2: well, I'll give you an example. You know, know, maybe maybe it's a good thing to give people a second chance because typically I'm not late. I'm I'll be right on time. If I'm going to be late, it's probably going to be five minutes. Um, and that excludes the office, you know, I'm late for there uh, quite a bit, but, uh, it's because I'm busy writing things. <laughs> I run myself late. But one time I had a date in Atlanta and I was supposed to meet a lady at a restaurant. So, uh, I live in Alabama. I live about 30 minutes from the Georgia line and about two hours from Atlanta. So I thought, okay, I'm going to drive to Atlanta this evening. I'm going to try to uh, lay down and take a nap. I set my clock. But then I realized when I woke up that I was already an hour behind because of the time difference. And uh, I just accidentally set my alarm for the wrong time, and I overslept. So I called her, and thankfully she was patient enough to wait for me. And we dated for quite a while after that. I was really glad that I uh, finally got there, and I was glad that she didn't take off. (laughs) So I was allowed to make it up to her.
1: Oh, thank God. I would have called you a giant red flag. I know <laughs>
2: most people probably would have. you know, she was just unusually patient, I think, so anyway, it worked out really well. She was a, an amazing lady. Um, you know, another thing is uh, is you know you can tell a lot by social media, and if you do a little snooping, there's actually a book written by Samuel Gosling from the University of Texas at Austin, and he's a social psychologist. And anyway, in his book Snoop," he talks about reading behavioral residue, in other words, looking behind the photos, looking in the background, looking at the friends, looking at their activities, you know looking at the uh, drugs that are lying on the uh, coffee table, you know behind them, things like that that you might not notice right off the bat if you 're just skimming the pages but if you look closely you can tell about somebody's politics you can tell a lot just by looking through their pictures uh, particularly on social media so uh looking at their posts you know uh, a lot of times people are posting things on social media that reveal everything that's on their mind and that's kind of dangerous even for them because uh if you're telling someone everything that you do and believe you're giving uh the sociopath, you know, who wants to go out with you, all the information they need to uh, manipulate you, you know, all the way to the finish line. So, Yikes. you know, it's uh, probably not a good idea to tell every single thing <laughs> you know on social media. But uh, anyway, it's kind of giving them the password to your personal life. And uh, people who are cons really, really love to see that kind of stuff. Um oh, there's, so, there's for... so much
1: to comment on there. Hold on. <laughs> there's so much mm, to comment sure. on there. Okay.
2: First of all, okay. I
1: I love the term behavioral resi- residue. That's that's fascinating to me. Um and I'm wondering if behavioral residue is is uh is that something that can also be is it just applied to social media or in pictures or is that something no um, I'm just
2: curious. Uh, no, no. Uh, in fact, uh, Samuel Gosling often goes into people's homes to see if he can um uh identify personality traits by the things he finds, the books that they read, the furniture they have, the way they keep their house, the uh a lot of things like that. You know, uh you can you can look around if you see a tennis racket or if you see uh indications that they're a fan of a particular uh sporting team. So, uh, you can tell a lot about someone just by uh, scanning their, you know, their place, and yes. uh, <laughs> which, which is another thing that people need to take note of. Those, one of the biggest issues that I see as a therapist, and you wouldn't think this, but it is, is a, a difference in hygiene and housekeeping. Between you know where where this runs into huge conflict where you've got one person who's clean and neat and you've got another one who is just a slob and they are attracted to each other so they got married and and they just absolutely clash over this uh, over the course of their entire marriage sometimes because neither one of them are really going to change and if they're going to get along they're either going to have to get they're either going to have to change or get a housekeeper and so. What often happens is this is a huge issue. And so if you go in someone's house and you're a clean and neat person and you're seeing all kinds of dirty dishes scattered around and uh, things that you wouldn't tolerate, that's what you're going to be in if you're in a relationship with this person.
1: that's so interesting. You know, there's actually an article. I actually wrote an article on fantasydatinggame.com called, What Does His Apartment Say About Him? Because, (laughs) you know, uh, (laughs) you know, it, it is it is true that someone's home is sort of like a metaphor for their life. I actually dated a guy who um, you know was a really nice guy and it was really fun to be around. But I mean I I mean he was like a hoarder. There was so much stuff in his apartment. There were like boxes from the bedroom door to the bed. There was like a pathway. And I was like I mean I can't believe mm-hmm. I actually went out with him for that long That's because creepy. Thank you, thank yeah. you,
0: Ryan. <laughs> it was,
1: yeah, it was, it was creepy, and I should have seen right. it as a red flag right yeah. away and bolted. But no. I, you know, I didn't. Right. Believe me, I will in the future. If I ever meet another hoarder, I will run. I promise. Uh. Lauren told me
0: <laughs> yeah. the only reason that she decided to date me before we got married was because <laughs> she found out that I had my own apartment. So that was a big. Oh really? I checked the box <laughs> right there.
1: because I had, I had my own apartment. You mean you didn't have you had your own apartment
0: a roommate? Yeah, yeah, I didn't have a roommate. <laughs> so I think that Oh a, yeah. really? I mean, maybe clues you into oh. some of like her red flags from previous relationships, I guess. Yeah. But, um Yeah, you know, I lived on my own, really? and
2: that was a that was a selling well, point. you know, for me, you know, that is uh, that that is a that is a huge selling point. In fact, uh, now. In California, there are probably fewer people who own homes, but uh, but uh, and I mean that because uh, they're a lot more expensive than they are here. Uh, you can oh yeah no you know, you no, no we a, don't own a, homes. real bango, yeah. no, but. no 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 yeah no, 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 no. <laughs> <bad> here no. <laughs> I, you know, everybody in California is homeless. But in Alabama, you know, uh, to own a home, it, well, I saw a statistic one time, and I don't remember where I saw it, where uh, someone is five times more likely to go out with a man if he's a homeowner. And so, oh um, uh, and, and, and I think, you know, on some level that's a, that's a pretty big deal even still. Um, I know that, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, your, your job security, your financial situation, the stability there, all of those things really matter, you know, to somebody who's just meeting you. And that's, um, and that's something that's, you know, that, that is important. And I, and, you know people a lot of a lot of times people don't really make the kinds of preparations in life that they that they should and sometimes there are good reasons for that you know they don't have opportunity or they've just had enough catastrophes to happen, but a lot of times you'll see people who were born with a silver spoon in their mouth who really you know have squandered everything and and they tend not to be very good uh relationship partners but uh um let's say let's say that you're out on a date with somebody and uh and they're distracted and they're constantly leaving your company and they're uh they're talking to other people or they're answering your phone this is something that came up a lot as well in the things that people posted on my facebook yes. post and uh and that's a big deal and so someone who's not attentive to their date uh it's it's a really bad sign you know of how uh respectful they will be in the future because uh, that's, that's not an indication that somebody is, has, uh, has a background in respect, so to, so to speak. Um, also, uh, interrogators. Uh, these tend not to be uh, incredibly good relationship partners, people who basically are investigating you while you're uh, on a date. You know, that's not really that's the way you awful. get information. People can posture and people can say whatever, you know, you're not gonna get any information from someone uh by asking them direct questions like that. You want these things to come up inadvertently while you are having fun. And uh and not, you know, like, okay, so you said this. Well I thought you said this a moment ago, you know. <laughs> so uh people like that. Yeah. And I've and I've been out with I've been out with a few people like that, you know, and they tend uh I mean it's kind of a killjoy to uh to be investigated on a date, it's not a good uh, opening for uh, for a relationship. Um, that is thing, not sexy.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, right. you know, another I
0: think, thing is, I think that there's a fine line there, certainly, because I think that we do try to encourage people to uh, be empowered and to ask about the things that are important to them and find out. True. Sure. Um, you know, the things that they find compatible in a person, but I absolutely agree that right. there's a tactful way to do that and yes. a way to do it in casual right. conversation well, as opposed totally. to just
2: right. Know, right. Rolling, What's your credit score? Yeah, rolling out your
0: laundry list of must-haves
2: <laughs> while you're having it. <laughs> getting to know your cocktail and you you have to yeah yeah and 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 watching their behavior and watching how they really uh settle in and open up uh that's really a a more accurate reading of who they're going to be than uh you know investigating or or interrogating them because people usually don't even know what they want if you uh, read studies regarding speed dating What you'll find is that – well, they did one study, and they had uh, women uh, write down the characteristics of the men that they wanted. And uh, and then they compared those characteristics to the men that they actually selected, every single one of them completely in opposition to what they had written down. Oh,
1: that's fascinating. Hmm. What do you think that was about?
2: Yeah. Well – well, people have in mind something that they want. They know it's right. They, they think about it, you know, particularly when they're in, the, in a bad relationship. But attraction will override all of those good sense things. And so oh, um, yeah. we, you know, people, you know, people don't know themselves as well as they think they do. And so you're a lot better off to watch for behaviors, watch for inconsistencies, than you are to uh, try and get someone to fess up. Uh, because you know the people that the people that are best at conning others are the most believable people there are. And uh, in his you book, know- The Wisdom of Psychopaths, Kevin uh, Dutton, he's a psychologist. I think he's at Oxford. But anyway, he uh, he talks about this, and psychopaths are are much much more convincing even to judges and law enforcement officers and attorneys and all others they are far more convincing than the general public and so you know these kinds of interrogations are just opportunities for them to mislead and win you over because they, they can be incredibly charming and uh, i mean they'll tell you everything that you want to hear and lay it out so but if you give you, them the opportunity to be bad and you know and you don't give them that blueprint you know to your heart then um you know you'll begin to see some inconsistencies eventually
1: okay so i have questions so um a few weeks ago we had this um love biologist come on and she, uh-huh. her name is dawn Masler, and she and she talked all about you know what happens to the brain, and um, you know how how your your brain is firing off dopamine and all <clears> sorts of chemicals, and <throat> that you're just not thinking clearly when you first meet someone. So, so if if we're in that state where we're not thinking clearly, right, and and we're well, out of our mind, well, excitement, right, and, and,
2: right. So how and that state and that that state of mind gets worse though. You know, I, I it know, gets even so worse. What I want
1: to ask you is. <laughs> What I want to ask you is, how do you how uh, do you navigate that? How do you spot red flags when you're not thinking clearly? When you're
2: blind, <laughs> right? Well, that yeah, is the most difficult part of all of this, because uh, if you've ever read about the halo effect or any of those kinds of things, people, I mean, you can just, and I'm not going to get into this, but you could just look at the political climate, and you could see where, you know, on either side of the presidential candidates, uh You know there are people who seem to be totally blind to the other, you know, to the flaws of the other, and uh, and they're just like uh, completely loyal to their person. And there again, I I don't want to go into that, but uh, but at the same time, you can see the halo effect at work there. And uh, also, we gather information according to what we want to see, and uh, this is called the confirmation bias, and it's another one of those cognitive biases. There's a whole list of them if you if you type in uh, Behavioral economists and cognitive biases, uh, you'll come up, or you can just go to WikiLeaks, uh, not WikiLeaks, but uh, Wikipedia, and it'll show an enormous number of these biases that we're unaware we even have. And so we think our judgment is great, but actually we're completely off base uh, most of the time, and especially when you have oxytocin and all of these other neurochemicals that are uh, floating around or uh, hormones. Are floating around and uh, and uh, helping us make our decisions.
1: So what do we and, have to do? Are... do? We have to do, practice you mindfulness. To... I mean, what do you <laughs> like? What do you do?
2: I mean, do you stop? Really, really Take a breath. You have to observe, be aware and then proceed. You what have you to do? be aware that you're. You have to be aware that you're blind. You have to be aware that you are moving into a territory where you are not going to make sound decisions unless you uh, intentionally. Uh, prevent yourself from overinvesting. I'm not saying don't go out and have a good time. I'm not saying be on guard like everybody's going to be a psychopath. I'm not saying that you, you need to treat every date as if they're a criminal or anything like that. What I am saying is that you should keep a superficial distance uh, until you have seen this person in all aspects of life. You know, before you go and, and invest in everything that – because, you know, we all put our best foot forward uh, on a date, if, you know, if we are if we have any uh, intentions of having a second date. And so uh, that can be everything that somebody wants to know, and very impulsive people tend to hop on that very quickly. So it's just a good idea. It's really – no one is going to do this, and there, there's almost no one who does this. But if people would date a variety of people – Superficially, mm. while they are shopping, yeah. they are far less vulnerable to overinvest in one. but when they, uh, when they engage in serial monogamy, they, they find someone who's an attractive prospect, and they immediately overinvest in that person because they have a vacuum of needs and, uh, and immediately they just begin to overinvest in that person.
1: Absolutely. that's why so, everybody should fantasy date <laughs>
2: Well, well, yes. you, well, you're right, you, know, but, but almost no one will do that. It's, and if they did, it would be I mean, people who do it, I mean, they're just I, I'll have them call me sometimes and they say, "Hey, you know, I can't believe this. you know, my self-esteem is higher than it's ever been. You know, there are people who are competing to go out with me. You know, I feel great, people are treating me respectfully, and all the and, and they're just great shoppers. They don't have to have someone, but those who starve themselves emotionally. Then go out to out on a date are just like those who go to the grocery store when they're hungry. You know they're going to buy far more than they need.
1: Oh wow, that's a good analogy. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah, and I mean, and it's totally um, true. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. because I mean, I know that when uh, you know, if there's only one guy in my life, then I'm, I tend to be more focused on that one guy. Yeah, of course, than, than I would be if I'm dating you know multiples. So you're you're absolutely right because then, you know I mean so who cares if Bob doesn't call because I've got Tim and <laughs> right, Jay and Ed exactly. you know and so right. it's um, yeah
2: when you diversify yeah. your emotional investments you're far stronger and you're going to make much better decisions when you uh, when you have invested all your emotional eggs in one basket if that basket comes up missing you're devastated so. You know, it's just a good idea to uh, to diversify like that. But, there again, having said that, almost no one ever does. <laughs> so, um,
1: Well, people well who, if we listen, if that's the story you keep telling yourself, then, <laughs> you know, uh, we have an opportunity here to encourage you know, people I've been to doing, diversify. I've been, this this like, I've, people. I've been doing
2: this for like 20 years and begging people to, know. Uh, you know, to date <laughs> a variety of people. I'm telling you, it's just almost impossible to get them to do it. Now, when they do it, though, you know they're in a they're in such a good position, but uh, and, and and they make agree. far better shoppers and far better choices. But uh, now also, uh, when people are uh, you know in the initial stages and they haven't yet uh, made that big investment, if you're with somebody who brags about scamming other people, you're next. Oh God! Oh my God! You know, yeah, you never Huge think trip. that anybody can do can can mistreat other people, and they're and they're going to be good to you. You know, eventually, you know, you're going to be next. And yeah. uh, I guess another thing, and this, comes, for and this is huge. And I don't know why people must not read because uh, because this pops up everywhere. This is one of the most uh, unforgivable taboos that anybody can ever engage in, and that is to talk about the ex too much. And, yeah, we touched and, on that and at and the beginning of the show. Do. <laughs> All right. and so, uh, but it still comes up. And uh, and it's just crazy because, you know, I guess people are still obsessed with their ex and uh, in some way involved with them or entangled in something and uh, they want to blame the things that have happened in their life. And I'm sure that a lot of things can be attributable to that. But at the same time, uh, people need to be very cautious when they go out on a date, Uh, you know, referring to the ex is bad. And so if you're out on a date with somebody who's talking about their ex, uh, that's usually a really bad sign uh and it and it doesn't really matter why they're talking about their ex it's a sign of poor social skills you know at yeah at best so uh people who are argumentative uh you know if you go out with uh, someone who uh who tends to be confrontational or you know they're uh, they're correcting you too much you know they're probably Ugh. not going to be a great uh, a great companion in the long run and these are all the little superficial things but uh sympathy seekers this is a big one um, con artists are the biggest sympathy seekers on earth and most people are vulnerable to them and if you're out on a date particularly the first uh, two or three dates and you're already hearing about how this person, you know, was abused as a child and everything else. And, uh, and they're tearful and, you know, they're talking about it. You're probably being manipulated. Uh, as a therapist, I can tell you that the the people who have really suffered and are genuinely suffering uh, from these things do not go out and broadcast them. You know, they are very, they're very tight lipped about it. Uh, these things are traumatic to them and people don't, typically go out and talk about things that are very disturbing you know when they're trying to uh, be on a date and forget about them in fact a lot of them will hide it uh, completely and and it'll be the last thing that you hear some people are actually married for years before they ever learn about the abuses that their spouse endured so sympathy seeking is something that uh scamsters and manipulators do and uh and that's something to really be aware of that's a red flag so when you when you see that, you're probably looking at somebody uh, who is uh, who is trying to pick your pocket. <clears throat> um, well,
0: and even if you're not, pers- I mean, still a red flag either way, right? Because the flip side of that exactly. is either they're scamming you in the first place or – they're really offering a whole bunch of emotionally intense information very early on in the relationship, which is the, a red flag
2: in and of itself anyway.
1: Totally, and right. very unattractive. So, again, a kind of, not a kind of
2: mental instability, right? <laughs> right. right? Now, another thing that, that doesn't come up very often but it, is perfectionism. And a lot of people, when they think of perfectionism, they think of somebody that does things right, and that's not what a perfectionist is. A perfectionist is somebody who is dissatisfied with everything because nothing is perfect. And they are perpetually dissatisfied, everything and everybody. And one way you can tell if there's a, a perfectionist that you're out with is they have too many red flags.
1: What do you mean? Wait, so they have. The,
2: uh... Like everything is a red flag. If you see someone who has a, a, yeah. who has a. Doesn't, who has Who has hun, a hundred yeah. red flags, you know. I mean, my God, yeah. that person, uh, you know, who are they going to get along with? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And okay. Then, and, I get what you're saying. And they, see and so they, they, they tend to be very miserable people, and and this is something that's overlooked a lot. Uh, also, people that are overly secretive. Uh, I dated someone I really cared about her many years ago. Uh, she, I, I was so attracted to her, everything about her I liked, except she just wasn't knowable. I mean, I dated her for months, wow. and it was like this. Uh, veil of secrecy, you know that, and I, I could never reach her past seven p.m. And uh, you know, it's just I didn't know. Was she married? I didn't know her. I didn't know all of her friends. No, oh, no, no, uh, no. I, I didn't know all of her friends. I didn't know, you know, uh, anything about, uh, you know, about her. It was just like uh, it was just like there was the there was the person that would show up, and uh, and we would go out and we would go to her place or whatever, and uh, and then there was. Uh, Every, then there was this veil of secrecy, you know, that, uh, that was there. So anyway, I, I went ahead and I did what uh, is very difficult to do. When you see things are going in a, in a bad direction and you see red flags, sometimes you have to hurt yourself in order to, uh, in order to get well. Um, you know, surgery is not fun, but it can save your life. And no matter how attracted you are to someone, and no matter how much you want them, and no matter how much you want them to be what you want, if if you're seeing these red flags, you're not happy anyway. And you got to remember, if this relationship is not making you happy, and you don't have kids with this person, and you're not married to them, and you're not going to have to split property, get the heck out.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I absolutely agree. These are very interesting red flags. I wouldn't have thought about the secrecy. Or the, I mean, I, I, I guess I just, uh, or the uh, uh, sympathy seekers. I mean, th- these are very interesting, I guess. Um, and the perfectionism. See, all of these things translate <laughs> to me to, like, really negative, yucky vibes. So it would yeah, be. Yeah, we could hear it yeah. every time you said
2: one, you were like, um, yeah. uh, I know, I was making well, it <sighs> well, and, and there's another thing. Suzanne. I know, I was. There's another thing, Suzanne. But, um, you know, when, you know so it's, when people tell you, when people tell us who they are, we should listen. If somebody oh, says I'm I an asshole, I
1: mean, yeah, one hundred percent of the, the time you.
2: they are. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
1: I just, and, I, I mean, and, I guess it's, I, I guess that what I'm trying to say is that I wouldn't, I I wouldn't be on a date with one of these people. Uh, well, I wouldn't stay on a date <laughs> for with very these people. Yeah. yeah, for very long. I mean, it's, if I okay. if I get any kind of negative energy from somebody, I, I you know I'm like later. You know, it's I, I can't even. It's right. just Right. There's no room. Well, and I think that
0: also brings up okay. a really good point to Suzanne, which is that you generally are a person who trusts your own intuition. And I think that that is something that people a lot of times avoid yes. or, or fail to do. Um, you know, my single friends, guys or girls, you know, frequently, I think, uh, ignore what would typically be red flags to those of us that, you know, if they're explaining certain behaviors to us or things like that, and they sort of choose to ignore them, even though they know, that, yeah, well, that's actually kind of a red flag for me, but, you know, I, oh, I think he's really great looking or, you know, whatever it is. But people, people right. do frequently <clears throat> ignore their own intuition uh, right. and ignore the red flags because they, for some reason, think that they're <clears throat> going to, you know, go away or change. And that really, I mean, the majority of the time just isn't the case.
1: No, you're absolutely right, right. right and it is right. about trusting your intuition, and I guess it just takes a really long time, because it's like the guy with the messy apartment, the hoarder dude, that wasn't so long ago. That was like six years ago, so, you know, I, I'm still learning.
2: I, I would never date a hoarder now. <laughs> yeah. well, but, well, we you know, all are. You know. <laughs> we yeah. all are, because, uh, you, you know, i, mean, I um I mean, gosh, I'm always running across something, you know, that uh, that is just brand new. And so, you know, but uh, as a general, you can sort of uh, pick up on a lot of things, though, uh, over, you know, over the years. And so now another thing now, that's the first part of it. That's just the shopping phase. And when people get into the more intermediate phase where they've dated several times and they're they're you know, they're into weeks and months and so forth. This is where you really begin to see who someone is. The shopping phase, you know, everything looks good in the store window, but uh, but you know, once you get out of out of that phase and you start attaching to this person, there are things that you really need to be watching for because these can be far more dangerous than than the things and they're and they're pretty pretty well invisible. There are no red flags for the worst of people in the beginning, and uh, and so these just gradually come on, and one would be uh, lying. You catch someone I, yeah. in a lie, sorry, right, and a real lie. Now, there are, people, there are people who have accused me of lying when I was telling the truth, you know, and uh, I mean I'm not just talking about crazy people you know, who are looking for lies everywhere. But if you, if you catch someone in a definite lie, you've got to remember that you want to believe them because you're attached to them, and, and some of the worst of people can look you in the eyes, and they can explain something that doesn't make any sense at all. And we'll buy into it because we want to keep the relationship you know if you if you're running across right. somebody who very early on is lying they're you know that's a part of their character they can do that now where everybody tells little white lies and things like that you know that may be you know that's dramatically different from the kinds of things that can make a difference in your relationship also uh misrepresenting themselves you know if you get into a relationship, somebody has sold you on the idea that they have. A lot of money, or they have a lot of prestige, or they, uh, you know, have uh, uh, a business and things like that. And you find out that they don't, well, that's serious trouble. I mean, this is a very deceptive person. And, you know, get out of there. Get out of there while you can. Um, Bouts of anger, you know, watch in the traffic. Watch. Somebody said uh, that they saw you know, their, uh, boyfriend, uh, while he was on the computer and he got extremely angry and he just started throwing things. And so that's something to watch out for, you know, those kinds of, cause that's not likely to change. Can it change? Yeah. What's the likelihood that it will change? Maybe 5%. And so, uh, that's a part of that person's disposition. Also pouting, uh, people who pout all the time when they don't oh. get what they want, the sign of immaturity, you know, uh, disappearing. Like when, uh, you, uh, you think things are going well. All of a sudden, pow, they're gone. You know They disappeared. They won't take your phone calls or anything else, and you find out three days later that you did something you didn't even, didn't even know you did that offended them. Well, that's not somebody that you'll ever be able to have communication with, and you can't have right. a relationship without some communication. And so if, if the person will not come to you with whatever is bothering them, you know, you're going to have a very rocky road with that relationship. That's a very serious issue that can well, cause a lot to of note,
1: heartache. And and also just to note, you know, if someone if someone is upset with something, you know, you did three days before, and they wait three days to tell you, that's not about you. It's not about something. You know, I mean, it. You know, or if they disappear or ice you out, or it's you mm-hmm. know, that's about them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. that you, more than likely you didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. This is coming from mm-hmm. them, you know, not to take it personally. That's all I'm saying. Cause a lot of times sure, people sure. blame themselves. What did I do? What did I do? You didn't do anything. This person's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know
2: what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, now another <laughs> thing, Now, now there are some introverted people who are good people and they have maybe one friend or something like that. And so I run across these people from time to time, nothing wrong with them, um, you know, they're, they're just not as social as other people and they tend to be very exclusive in how they interact with others. But, uh, but it's not usually a good sign when somebody has no long-term friends. You know, when you look at somebody, you know, all their friends are new, you know, they don't have any friends, you know, that are over two or three years old or two or three years, uh, into the friendship. And, uh, that's, that's a, that's a bad sign. And, uh, Kevin Dutton, the, the author of uh, The Wisdom of, Psych- of Psychopaths, he uh, pointed out that people who don't reveal their family and who tend not to be on social media uh, are, are more likely, not, not all the time, but are more likely to be of the shadier variety. So, uh, I, I, I think that brings
0: up a good point. Like your friends to a certain degree are your resume, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like your family to a certain right. degree is sort of your resume. The people exactly. that you have right. those long-term relationships with mm-hmm. do really, I mean, it's, it's a lot like, you know, hiring in a job. I mean, we would never hire somebody in our right. workplace that has a job history where they've had, you know, six jobs in the course of the last six months. Mm-hmm. Because that's right. a red flag for us that they can't stick around at some place for whatever reason. And it's typically not the employer's reason. It's usually something that has to do with them. The <coughs> same sort of thing applies, right. I think, for somebody that doesn't have any long-term friends.
1: Yeah. Uh, or but, friends who are assholes. Like if every oh, yeah, well, yeah, person too. that they hang out with is a total jerk, then, hey, right. maybe your boyfriend's a total jerk too. Right. Um, and another another note, I mean, is um, to beware of women who don't have girlfriends.
2: Oh, you're because, absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're absolutely because, right. Uh,
1: you know, the women, uh-huh. women who cannot um, befriend and support and have relationships with other women are usually crazy mm. women, you know? <laughs> like,
2: That's fair. <laughs> right. Um, well, well, well yeah. what I have noticed is that women who have a hard time, and, and, and you know, as a therapist, I feel for these people, and, and, and definitely, you know, I would try to help them as much as I possibly could, but – our experiences have shaped our personality and our brain, and that's who we are. You know, we could we could go back and we could sympathize with Jeffrey Dahmer's childhood all day long, but that doesn't make him any less of a cannibal. So, you know, when you're looking at these people, women who like the company of men and and choose men as friends exclusively and cannot sustain relationships with other women. This is not true in all cases but cannot sustain relationships with other women have very often been molested uh, when they were younger by a man. And, and I don't know, I don't know specifically why they despise women and distrust women the way they do, unless it's that they, they felt like the women were powerless to help them, And uh, or did not help them or betrayed them. And I hear the hear that sometimes there again, I'm not uh, I'm not, you know, putting any science behind that. But that's an observation that I've made over over time. And so and it's, you know, seems to be seems to be uh, at least and and that's not to say that all women, you know, fit into that category. I mean, there are exceptions to everything. But also somebody asks you for money, you know, after you're newly into the relationship. Not a good sign, you know. Yeah, uh, a big red typically, flag sure. uh, yeah, you know, like uh, uh, you know, they're they're behind on their bills, or they're they want to buy a car, or they uh, want to make an investment, but they don't have enough money. That's a bad sign. And there's something called reward undermining, and this is where when you give someone too much of something, when you give them a loan, when you give them a huge gift or whatever like this that you think is going to impress them and solidify the relationship. Wrong. It does the exact opposite. They're more likely to pull away from you. They're even more likely to break up with you after you do that. So, you know, no money. Uh, job. Huh. I mean, I've been married uh, for. We-
0: just over a year now and getting a twenty off of my wife is like mining for oil. So <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> in good shape on That's that funny. one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, job hopping is a is, is something to look out for. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody who job hops is a bad person, but uh, relationships that are financially unstable tend to be unstable and you know they they can be get pretty stressful not knowing you know where where the money is going to come from so people who can't maintain a job for whatever reason uh it's not a good sign in a relationship um also when people are pulling you into their problems you know they have uh, any kinds of issues especially legal issues you know not a good sign at all and uh and it's really kind of uh, a shoe in the door type thing where um once someone begins to pull you into their problems, they tend to take more and more and involve you in more and more. And so, oh, you know, you really, that that's so really draining. a very, very, very bad sign. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, now that's, uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear Ryan. Okay.
1: Oh, I, I just said that that sounds so draining, you know, oh. someone pulling you into their problems. and Oh, oh my okay. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This show now, is exhausting
2: uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. Maybe you'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> okay. But now, now this is the phase of attachment. This is where you know people uh, you know are getting attached. They've been dating for some time. All right. Now here's here's what you were referring to earlier. You know when you were talking about, uh, you know that blindness of attraction. Psychologists call this cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance is something that, uh, you know, it's where we just override everything rational, and we choose that person, and we, uh, we stay by that person, even though that person has betrayed everything that we, you know, should ever expect of them. Uh, let me give you an example of that, all right? Um, now, I've dated for a long time, and so this number is going to sound horrendous, but every now and then… Uh, when you uh, when you go out with a new person, and, and I, you know, when I would go out with a with a woman, you know, typically at some point in time, uh, the question would come up. You know, how many women have you been with? And most of the time, men are going to hem haul around. They're going to say, "Well, you know, maybe a handful, maybe a little less, something like that." And oh yeah, well, how big is a handful? And they're going to keep going. Well, I'm very honest about what I've done. You know, whether or not it's respectable or not. And so. Uh, whenever I would go out with uh, with a woman in recent years, and she asked, uh, "How many women have you been with?" and I'd say, "Well, to be honest, I stopped counting at about 200." And immediately, their reaction is, "You got to be kidding! Aren't you ashamed of yourself? You know, whatever." I said, "No, I'm not ashamed of myself. I had a good time. You know, I lived it up." And uh, well, you would think. And, and you can hear a bunch of women sitting around in the break room talking about this, and every single one of them would tell you that they would walk away. Not one single woman has ever walked away when I told them that. Not one.
1: So the value now, is in being straightforward
2: and honest? Well, you know, uh, well, the value is in being straightforward and honest, but... Uh, the real lesson here is that everything that they would say that they would never do in their life, they did then, right?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Because because, because every woman would say she'd turn around and walk it. off if yeah. somebody told her that. Yeah, no, right. you know that's not something that I'm that I'm uh, bragging, I'm, you know. But I've been single a long time. I think that averages something. Of, I, I'd have to do the math, but I think it averages something like eight eight a year. But uh, so it's not as I mean most. There are a lot of married men who have been out with more women than I have. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, what else was I going to say? I don't know how much time, time we've got, but I did want to get to the more dangerous red flags. Uh, at some okay, point. let's go to the dangerous yeah. one. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> now, these are the ones you're not going to see early on. Uh, these people tend to be very charming, and, uh, and they are the worst candidates but they look the best and you you really have to make some sound decisions you know when you begin to see this stuff usually it's too late by the time someone realizes they're they're in this and the first sign that you want to look for a, of an abuser is very early on in the relationship they begin to require exclusivity okay mm-hmm. now what I mean by this is, like, you'll hear uh, you'll hear them make statements. They're very clever in the way they do it. You know, they're still having fun. They're still taking you, whining you, and dining you, and all this kind of stuff. But they're slipping in little statements that let you know that you're not going to be able to see other people. Okay, so uh, they do this by saying, "No, you know, with me, you know, I don't date uh, I don't date uh, worldly women or women, you know, that are loose." Uh, you know, if if they're dating someone other than me, I'm not going to go out with them again. Okay. So someone who's having a good time with them, they're going to continue to, uh, you know, to try and keep that pace, and they don't want to offend them, and so they become exclusive very early on. It's a pretty clever trick, and it works most of the time. A lot of times they'll use uh, morality, even uh, religion in their favor to uh, to make – the, the other person feel immoral if they did not uh, become exclusive to them in, in, their da- in dating them. Uh, sometimes people are just curious, and they, they want to hang around long enough to see if they like the person, so they quit dating other people then. But the damage is done because they have overinvested in this person already. So uh, that is one of the first signs of an abuser. Uh, that anyone anyone who dates other people uh other than them pretty early on are sluts and whores and uh and it's it's kind of a clever trick, and most people will buy into it, believe it or not now uh let 's see uh, okay now another thing another sign would be when someone is is very quickly occupying all of your time. And all of your activities. Uh, This is another way of gaining exclusivity, because that's what an abuser has to have. The abuser wants to cut off your lifeline of uh, social support. They want to cut off your friends. They want to cut off your family, and they know they can't just come up and say, hey, I want you to stop hanging around all your friends, and I want you to stop, uh, you know, uh, getting together with your family and spend all of your time with me. They know you're not going to do that. So what they're going to do is they're going to be very clever and they're going to say oh uh gosh you know uh you know uh you're too you're way too good to be running around with her she's you know she's kind of slimy and uh and to the family you know they'll say oh my goodness you know i like your family but uh, you know i just can't believe the way your mom talked to you and uh and eventually that is going to that is going to uh separate you from those people enough so that this person can uh, can gain m- much more control than they than they ever need, and abusers are about control. And so, you know, we all want a sense, you know, some we all want to have some sense of control. But abusers want exclusive. They feel very insecure. They feel like everything is a threat. Uh, you know, family. They feel friends or friends in particular are a threat. Activities uh, you're going to certain places are a threat. Uh, they see everything as a threat, and they slowly begin to separate you from those things without you even realizing you're there. By the time you realize you're there, you know you don't have enough self-esteem to pull your way pull your way out of it. So the beginning sign is when they when they demand exclusivity very early on. There you're seeing the signs of someone who is insecure enough to be a an abuser. Mm. Uh, they oh, also yeah, create I mean, emergent. The- I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Richard.
2: Oh, uh, they also create emergencies, you know, to uh, to keep you from doing the things that you uh, you know should. They uh, you know they will sabotage uh, different things. They'll tear things up. They'll uh, there are a lot of different manipulative things that they do behind the scenes that no one's going to know about that uh, that create a crisis or something that pulls you back into them. Uh, some of them, you know, they might. Uh, uh, I mean there there are even some you know who wound themselves, they uh, fake suicide they um, they do all kinds of things and and you know the two of you have probably seen it through the years but uh, but these people yeah. are you know their goal their goal is to gain ex- exclusive emotional investment from you, and once they get it, then the abuse begins to pick up. This is fascinating. But the first first um, thing they've got to do is separate you from the support system.
1: This is uh, this is kind of fascinating. Um, when I, as a teenager, I actually had an abusive relationship, and um, which I actually wrote my first novel about, um, or sort of loosely based on. But um, uh, and that guy, um, uh, when you said they create emergencies, I, I hadn't realized that that was something a technique, if you will, for the psychopath. Um, but he actually did. He created an, an emergency where he, he, in the middle of the night, showed up at my house um, having been beaten up and, you know, and was like, you know, I mean, in a, you know, oh, my God, and so upset and so upset because he had been beaten up and everything. And I, I never, ever, ever found out who beat him up. You know, hmm. like, I mean, You're I right. think he actually right. inflicted harm to himself to look like he had been beaten i mean this guy was crazy but um that's fascinating what you were just saying about the creating emergencies because then you know of course my reaction is oh my god i'm so sorry are you okay are you okay you know even though we're broken up and you're a lunatic right you know but it gives him a reason to come over at 1 a.m
0: well and so you know i guess just to sort of tie a bow on the whole thing and and summarized in a really simple way. I mean, if you feel like people are overly needy, that's a red flag and they're probably overly needy. And if you feel like people are manipulative, then that's a red flag and they're probably manipulative. So again, it comes down to, I think sort of, especially in those beginning phases, like, like Richard was saying, you know, to begin with, don't lock yourself into one particular person, one particular thing, uh, early on in those stages, be a good shopper. Yeah. And,
1: uh, and date you multiple know, people. Date
0: multiple people, and and trust your instincts, and realize that yeah, if if they seem needy, they're probably needy, and if they seem manipulative, they're probably manipulative, and you know, go
2: from there. Yeah. Right. right. So. Yeah,
1: and
2: and yeah. there there are a few ways to say. Go, go ahead, Suzanne. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so
1: in so in this abusive, um uh in this abusive situation, so you know you're looking for someone who's trying to control. You're looking for someone who makes you feel like you're crazy. There's mm-hmm. always gaslighting, things like that. Um, you know, um, uh, uh, creating emergencies, all of those kinds of things. Um, and I mean, for the sake of time, we kind of have to move on. But um, what I, what I, I guess if you find yourself in the situation, let's say that you know you're me, and you know, and, and or let's say I'm dating. And I end up in this situation, for some reason, I ignore all of my intuition and I don't see any of the red flags and I'm six months into a relationship and, or a year into a relationship and I'm, I'm isolated and I don't, you know, my friends aren't around anymore. My family, you know, has just basically forsaken me because I've forsaken them and I'm alone and this person is being abusive, you know, then what, what does a person, you know, what do you right. do? How do you get out?
2: Right. You by this time, it's like an overwhelming bad addiction. It's like the heroin ain't getting you high anymore, it's uh, it's bad, and but it's taken over everything in your life. Uh, people like that occupy enormous amounts of brain real estate, they occupy so much attention. That, that the victim actually spends most of their try, time just trying to please that person and just trying to stay out of conflict. And, uh, you know, it is incredibly stressful. Uh, really as a therapist, when somebody comes to me and they're in that situation, uh, I do not encourage them to leave the first time I see them or the second time I see them because they'll never come back. Um, to leave someone like that requires a lot of planning. If someone leaves prematurely, they'll be right back. You know, uh, it it really has to be treated like a bad addiction. And so so what you want to do is over a period of time, uh, as a therapist, I want to gradually give them some insight into what's going on because they're not going to be able to absorb it very quickly. And if the, the abuser catches on to the fact that this person is coming to this therapist and this therapist is undermining that relationship they're never coming back again see what i mean so my opportunity is in gradually persuading this person that they should have some self esteem that they can do more in life that they you know that they uh that they have a lot of opportunities and then when they get to the point where they where they see themselves you know actually uh living independent of this person then what I've got to get them to do is save money, uh, make preparations. You know, why, if someone just you know leaves someone like that, now they can go to you know some of the crisis homes and uh, and so forth. But uh, but anyway, you know the bottom line is that when someone leaves an abuser, they really need the ability to sustain themselves for a prolonged period of time. And so you know I'll tell them to go. You know when they go to the grocery store and they use the uh, debit card to get some extra cash, put that cash, you know, uh, in a safe deposit box, and uh, and over time, you know, they're prepared. They've got enough money, you know, to uh, uh, pay the first month's uh, rent and the deposit on an apartment. Uh, they can get away for a little while because they need to be gone for about two weeks. Period. They need to disappear for about two weeks away from that person. Because that's the most volatile period, and that's the most dangerous period you know in getting away from an abuser uh and at that and then they need to be they need to enlist family and uh, old friends and a lot of other people you know to support them it was It's good when they have work and uh and so these are the way they, these are the ways that they can survive still there's a huge number of them that will go right back to the abuser because the abuser is incredibly charming and amazingly manipulative, and will send flowers their way, you know, as soon as he, can, or, he or she can regain. Uh, here's what somebody can do. It's far easier to prevent these things than it ever is to correct them. But uh, so, you know, how would someone prevent it? Well, uh, one of the best ways is to use the same techniques that insurance companies use, that casinos use, and that uh, other businesses use. And guess what that is?
1: um uh uh i'm I'm not saying (laughs) inspect. uh
2: banks banks use it creditors use it history oh the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior and so and so it it really pays to do your homework before you ever go out with someone because you know anybody with a 30 year old person is going to have a history now, you know, when they're right so out of school, maybe they're twenty twi- pardon me?
1: So you're all for Googling your dates.
2: <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. So well I'm for more than that. I really think that you should uh I really think that you should search them. I mean, you know, on one of those uh uh things that access public records. Now I use oh, been verified. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well when you think about it, see, we live in a time where and I'm not saying that all dates are dangerous or anything like this. They're not. You know, probably about 12% are. But, um, but you know, when you think about it, uh, 100 years ago, everybody would know everybody and their family in a community. And they would marry within that community. And they would marry somebody that they had been, you know, going to school with, going to church with. They'd known them all of their lives. Okay. The community would have policed these people. You know, they would have, uh, they would have been the information sources. We live in an age now where families are scattered all over the world, you know. Um, I mean, people from the U.S., you know, they have kids, the kids move to other states and everything else. And so it's not like it used to be. And so you can have these uh, roaming nomads or or people, you know, who grow up in a large city like L.A., and they can virtually lurk in the shadows and and grow undiscovered. And so, you know, the policing community that we have now is our technology. And it really pays to do some homework because it can pull up some things. Um, And and you'd be surprised what you can find. Yeah. And so these things, like, I, I think I pay $9 a month for this little uh, this little app I have with been verified and I'm not advertising for them, but they're just one of many. And they're probably, uh, I don't know, maybe they're all the same, but it's just the one that, uh, that I chose to use. And you want to check all social media. You know, you want to check for all those red flags that we've talked about earlier. And um, you know, you, you really want to pay attention to uh, what's between the lines there. Again, it usually doesn't do any good to ask a lot of uh, questions because the, the real deceivers are very good at covering themselves. And, but, but you know, it's very hard for somebody to hide their history. And if they are hiding their history, then that's the biggest red flag of all.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So it goes back to the, what we started talking about in the beginning with the behavioral residue and, you know, looking for the little hints, um, right up front. Right. But, uh, you know, I think I think your advice to use to use technology is uh is is really good because um because you know, we have it and we can. So, why not? Um <laughs> you know, <laughs> why, not, why not protect yourself? Um it's you know, it's it's super important to be safe while you do date. Um This is all great advice. This is great advice. So, um so to, is there is there other stuff you want to add before we wrap it up, or do we leave anything you know, out that's like um, really important?
2: I'm sure we did, but uh, but I can't think of it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think that was fairly thorough, and it, it hit the high points, and it hit uh, some of the things that we uh, uh, pretty you know that that I see and that I have seen through the years. And so um, you know, but if something doesn't feel right, uh, it's worth checking out. And it's worth uh, looking at. Also asking other people. You know, if, if you're dating someone and all of your friends and all of your family have, uh, you know, have a uh, – or they don't like the person for some reason or they're just not too crazy about them, they may, they may be on to something. They may be seeing something that uh, you can't see, you know, through the lens yeah. of attraction.
1: Yeah, well, and also, you know, you have to remember, it doesn't matter how much that that person has alienated you from your friends or convinced you that your friends suck or your family sucks. You know, the bottom line is that before this person came along, you loved your family and your friends and you trusted them. So if if they're, you know, if they feel that something is off or something is wrong and they keep, you know, and and they they're telling you that, you have to listen. You, I mean, right, you, you right. just have to. Right.
2: Right, and and, and also you don't want to make assumptions, like, for example, a lot of of people think because someone is successful that they'll make a good relationship partner, and that's not true at all. I mean, sometimes the things that drive people to success make them horrible relationship partners.
1: Oh, absolutely. Narcissists, egomaniacs, I mean, forget it. We could go on for, like, four more
2: hours. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, but – yeah. yeah are there are there any other things that you can think of uh Suzanne?
1: No, I or mean Ryan? I think these are I think these are just wonderful um I mean really wonderful uh tips and 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 wonderful things to remember. I mean I think this is really really helpful from again from from the things that don't seem like such a big deal like, you know, this person talks too much or is interrogating me or, you know, um, to the minor <laughs> things that just make you uncomfortable to the things that could actually threaten your life. I mean, you know, we're, we've really run the gamut here, which I think is, um, you know, I think is great uh, because, because that's, you know, there are uh, smaller red flags and bigger red flags and, you know, all of them are, are definitely to be uh, noticed and heeded and um, right. taken account of. So,
2: uh, really helpful. Really helpful. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you. <laughs> I thank my Facebook friends, too. Oh, my God. They were amazing, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they were amazing. I can't wait for them to listen and uh, and let us know what they think. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have more comments. Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> well, awesome. hey, hey, I really appreciate you inviting me. Uh, thank you, uh, Ryan and Suzanne. And uh, hope all oh, is well you. in L.A.,
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining us. We really enjoyed it. Um, so, uh, once again, people, you can follow, uh, Richard Yates on, uh, on Facebook. He gives out awesome dating tips about everything, not just about red flags and, you know, and the scary <laughs> stuff, definitely about the positive, fun stuff, a lot about communication, um, a lot about, uh, you know, how to, how to keep someone you like around. And, uh, uh, he's really very insightful um, so check him out awesome well thank you great. so much for joining thank us you. I hope you have a great night
2: thank you for inviting me I hope you have a great night too
1: okay we'll talk to you soon
2: alright <laughs> bye bye-bye. bye
1: bye-bye. alright well that was awesome now we, need, now we know everything we need to know about dating red flags well probably not everything but a whole heck of a lot um so thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week, and uh, and we're excited to uh, to have you join us again then. So thanks to Richard Yates, and uh, have a fantastic evening.